Hello everybody, my name is Francisco Morales. I am gallery director at Casa Familiar's The Front Arte Cultura. It is uh, May 13 today, 2020, and we are almost two months into the stay-at-home order in California uh, due to the coronavirus pandemic. Please stay at home if you can, and if you have to go out, please be extra careful, wash your hands, don't touch your face, and take care of yourself and the others. This episode was produced totally long distance, so you might be able to listen to different audio qualities. Hopefully you still enjoy it. Thank you. In this episode, we'll be highlighting the 13th annual Dia de la Mujer exhibition, the Living Rooms at the Border project, and what's to come at the front. As many of you know, the Dia de la Mujer exhibition at the front is a long-standing tradition in San Diego's border region. This year, on its 13th edition, the exhibition is curated by Sara Solaimani, researcher, professor, and curator specialized in Chicano, Latino, and border art. Sara named the exhibition Insurgencies, Women's Art on the Border in the Era of Cold War. This exhibition focuses on the volatile political climate and tactics of Cold War used here at the border where we witness it firsthand in state-sanctioned immigration proceedings, tearing apart our families, unfair labor dealings, institutional racism and sexism, and militarization and privatization of our shared spaces. But let's hear from Sara. Hello, my name is Sara Soleimani, and I am the guest curator of Casa Familiar's 13th annual Dia de la Mujer exhibition at the front. The title of this year's exhibition is Insurgencies, Insurgencias, Women's Art on the Border in the Era of Cold War. First of all, I just want to say how excited and honored I am to be this year's curator and um, how lucky I feel that our opening on March 7th was one of the last uh, public art event that was able to happen before the lockdown and social distancing measures were put into place um, for coronavirus. Speaking to the um, premise of the show, uh, in insurgencies as a concept is one that can be deceiving. Um, if we, uh, what it brings to our, to our attention and to our mind as Americans whose consciousness has been so formed and shaped by the media and uh, the different, you know, outlets that we have available here north of the border to give us the narrative of the West versus East, North versus South, um, which the kind of official narrative always emphasizes. This us versus them dichotomy, um, which even when we think that as liberals, for example, on the U.S. or American political spectrum, 
um, those of us who think of ourselves to the left of center uh, in the United States need to take a minute to step back and reflect on what that really means on a global scale. When we hear the word insurgencies, what it kind of evokes is uh, the idea of extreme and dangerous other. Uh, It makes us think of East and especially Middle East. It makes us think of, for example, a dark veiled figure such, such as that figure that we've used for the front of the postcard um, and poster um, for the exhibition. Often what it also does is acts as a justifier to support the U.S. military industrial complex and the global, you know, the international military industrial complexes or the superpowers or the G7 uh, program of warfare from west to east. Um, Also in other ways, not thinking about conventional warfare necessarily um, exclusively, but also about other tactics of cold or soft, you know, warfare. For example, what um, in the post-NAFTA era, the North American Free Trade Agreement, which went into effect Um, which was authored in 92 and went into effect in 94, um, what effect that had, especially for those south of the border, especially for those in the working class. And um, under the guise of creating, for example, jobs in the maquiladora industry, which created this kind of super corridor between Asia and um, the south of the border, um... In the under the guise of job creation, for example, quote unquote, uh, an opportunity for um, Mexico to pay back its debt to the United States, right? A manufactured and fabricated debt uh, on a manufactured and fabricated landscape um, and a manufactured and fabricated border. So to look at that history um, and to really think about what is it that as artists and interlocutors of the arts and as women, uh, we, we really want to call attention to in terms of this political dynamic. And so that's where the term insurgencies and this um, premise for the show came up um, is that there is a cold war that is happening on the border and just because we don't see active conventional warfare outside of the presence of militarization and greater militarization every day on um, the border you know that there are other tactics of economic and social warfare that are continuing to affect people's everyday lives and that um, often the concept of the Republicans or Trump's collusion, for example, with the Eastern Bloc or with Russia tends to get in the way or act as a decoy or as a distraction to paying attention to the everyday neoliberal policies that even Democrats are supporting 
against, for example, undocumented migrants that are our essential workers that are putting food on our tables, for example, from the farm to table um, in the fields, putting their lives at risk. So that's the premise of the show. And I think, you know, that these artworks all speak to it in different ways and in a variety of different media and by women from all across Latin America and the United States. And so I think the class issue was the one we really wanted to make most present here over the um, over the kind of essentialist uh, gender role um, or even the the identity politics of ethnicity. We really wanted to highlight class in this show. And I'm really thankful to all of the artists for the different thoughtful ways um, that they've incorporated this and that they've contributed to this. Um, in the exhibition. Thank you. Now, we're going to listen to Angelica Omaña. Angelica is a participant artist of this exhibition and uh, she is also a health worker in Tijuana at the Instituto Mexicano del Seguro Social. Angelica hablará en español. Escuchemos. Hola a todos los escuchas. Hola Francisco. Muchas gracias por esta invitación a participar en el podcast para hablar sobre la pieza que se presentó en la exhibición que hace anualmente del Día de la Mujer, The Front. Eh, la pieza que, que presenté se llama Hecho en México, que es una animación en loop de una mujer dando a luz en una línea de producción y donde se encuentran otras mujeres que van a dar a luz y el ciclo se repite una y otra vez, ¿no? Esta animación forma parte de una serie que se llama Maquilims, eh, ya que refleja lo que yo he podido ver en el hospital, ya que soy trabajador de una institución de salud, el IMSS, y a lo largo del tiempo, no sé, estos siete años que llevo trabajando, me, me percaté de que el, el hospital público es, es una especie de fábrica, maquila, con distintas líneas de producción, que cada línea de producción podría ser cualquier este, especialidad o área del hospital, urgencias, en este caso toco cirugía donde se da luz, eh, medicina interna, una infinidad que, que hay. Y los empleados, desde el intendente hasta el médico, nos volvemos parte de, de esta maquinaria y el paciente se convierte en el objeto a maquilar, ¿no? Este, lo trata, se cura o no se cura, este, quita la sintomatología y, y el que viene, ¿no? Lo das de alta, te ocupas cama, el que viene, el que viene. Y en el caso de tococirugía, que es la de la que habla esta pieza, Siempre pensaba que lo único que faltaba era que al bebé recién nacido le pusieran su sello de garantía, su sello de hecho en mágico, lo empaquetaran y, y, y saliera de la línea de producción, ¿no? Listo a la venta, ¿no? Era, era lo que me parecía que estaba pasando, porque las mujeres para dar a luz tienen que pasar por diferentes filtros, ¿no? El área donde las reciben, el área donde las revisan, el área donde esperan. Todo, todo se espera, ¿no? El paciente tiene que ser paciente porque va de un lado a otro. Hasta que por fin llegan al área de expulsión y la sacan 
y llegan a prepuerio, ¿no? Pero todo esto se maneja de entra paciente, sale paciente. A mí me tocaba, este, soy intendente, me tocaba sacarlas, moverlas como yo era el camillero, ¿no? También. Y limpiar las salas y entra y sale, entra y sale. Y el que sigue y el que sigue es una línea que nunca duerme, ¿no? Angélica was explaining how being a health worker in Mexico has uh, made her think about human and how in public hospitals such as the Seguro Social where she works, persons become uh, a product, a product in this big production facility which is a hospital and they treat you like that sometimes because there's so many patients and so Uh, and very few health workers and not a lot of budget. So they are just solving problems instantly with this product, with this other product, which happens to be a person and a human being. And um, it's a very interesting thought and very relevant nowadays with this epidemic. It is interesting also to think that here in the USA, it could be similar in a way Um, of course, in Mexico, you are a product in an overcrowded hospital, uh, but here in the USA, you are more like a resource for a private company. So your health becomes uh, just income for, for all these organizations and companies. It's one of the biggest businesses of, of, the, of the country. So uh, definitely the health system um, in these both countries is uh, such a subject. Y así como los procesos se industrializan, la violencia se vuelve sistémica dentro de los hospitales. Y es algo que deberíamos estar combatiendo, pero los hospitales aquí en México tienen pocos recursos, poco personal y muchos pacientes. Y lo más fácil como trabajador que es nulificar al otro. Porque si sientes el dolor del otro, y no puedes hacer nada porque no hay las posibilidades, te sientes impotente y te duele, ¿no? Pues doy muchas gracias por esta invitación y me siento con un gran honor de haber podido participar en esta exposición rodeada de mujeres tan talentosas, con una voz que está haciéndose escuchar sobre las violencias que se siguen sufriendo para con las mujeres y que es importante visualizar, ¿no? Recently at Casa Familiar, we had the pleasure of opening the latest project development, Living Rooms at the Border, which includes affordable housing, a newly debuted community theater, art studios, and offices. Living Rooms at the Border was designed by architect Teddy Cruz from Estudio Teddy Cruz y Fona Forman professor of public culture and urbanism at UC San Diego. In partnership with UC San Diego's Center of Global Justice, living rooms will incorporate a UC San Diego border community station. This station will engage UC San Diego's faculty, students, and research institutions with the town's unique culture and people of the San Isidro Tijuana border community. Here we have Andy Sturm, Casa Familiar's public vitality facilitator, to talk about the project. My name is Andy Sturm, and I am the Public Vitality Facilitator for Casa Familiar. My job connects our arts and culture work with our youth employment and community development work, 
as part of our intersectional approach to improving the quality of life for the San Ysidro community. Living Rooms at the Border is a project that has been almost 20 years in the making. The project started with conversations with community members about complex issues like displacement and gentrification and community change. Even 20 years ago, San Ysidro was changing and becoming expensive. CASA had just acquired a couple properties on West Hall Avenue and wanted the community's input on how to develop them and what kinds of services were needed beyond housing that was affordable. Through the discussions, we talked about things like density and quality of life and what makes housing affordable. Housing density normally means number of housing units per acre. But residents talked about the need for services and amenities because San Ysidro didn't have much of either, but it had a history of residential and other uses being mixed together and residents liked that. For example, repair garages in alleys or bakeries in someone's kitchen or informal daycare in someone's living room. What emerged from the conversation is a realization that some increase in density would help create affordability, but that we should use the project to redefine density to mean not just housing units per acre, but social exchanges per acre. And what would that look like? In the end, that meant designing and building a project that would place housing together with amenities like a theater, artist studios, social services offices, a coffee barista training center, and a covered patio where residents can have events and UCSD can come to work with residents and provide programs of all sorts. It's an innovative model, so it wasn't easy to figure out the funding or the design, but CASA kept at it with its design partner, Estudio Teddy Cruz and Fauna Foreman, and construction finished in early February of this year. Now where there was previously an abandoned church, there is now a black box theater. And now where there was some empty parking lots and a little housing, is now 10 units of housing, one, two, and three bedrooms, together with all the amenities I described earlier. It is a really beautiful project, and we are looking forward to all the different shows, events, and services that we can offer to the community at Living Rooms once we can start gathering people again. Consider this your invitation. Coming up at the front, due to the current world health emergency, we've transitioned the front's upcoming activities online. On May 7th and May 14th, comic artist Fifi Martinez will be teaching an online workshop titled Autobiographical Comics as Therapy and Self-Expression. Learn about underground comics and how to use them as a means of coping and healing from a particular situation or emotion. For more details, visit our website, thefront.casafamiliar.org. Additionally, we've just released a music album centered on electronic genres in the borderland featuring several women artists in music production and sound creation. Visit our website and social media to download the album for free. The album is named Insurgencies and is featured on our next podcast episode, which is available to listen to now. And that's it for this episode. Thank you all for joining us. My name is Alexa Pante. My name is Hector Castro. Stay safe, everybody. Produced by Francisco M. Till next time. Remember to support The Front's mission by donating to our PayPal, donations at casafamiliar.org.